Light Optics by Silmo. Presented by Nick Koffer. Industry voices, insight and inspiration. From the leading trade show for eyewear and optics. Welcome to this final English episode from the heart of this year's Silmo. And what an event it's been. The sun has shone, visitors have come to Villepin in their tens of thousands. And Silmo has been dynamic, vibrant and successful. Whether that's on the stands, at the Silmo door ceremony on Saturday evening, or at the Silmo Academy and Silmo Next Talks. Silmo is not just a trade fair. It's a coming together of the optical industry to share ideas, do business and learn. Coming up in this episode, legendary designer Thierry Lazry. Silmo door winners Etnia, Seaport ODLM and Veronica Wildgruber, accessories brand Coty and startup business Danielle Rattray. As always, the full range of all the colour and the passion of this year's Silmo. Right, let's get to the guests. I had the pleasure of meeting designer Thierry Lazry, whose journey from Paris to New York is a fascinating one. He opened up to me on his stand and I started by putting it to him that all of his frames appear to me to have a lightness, a playfulness a sense of childhood. You were right. I'm obsessed with my childhood, so actually that makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm a child of the 80s, so I'm very inspired by the 80s. So that makes total sense. Which elements of the 80s uh, are you bringing in? Um, well, I like very, very like sharp designs, very clean. So I'm, I'm very inspired by the 80s, very, very geometric in general. Anything was very geometric. Uh, Whatever is like the, the purity of lines, you know the the textures. The I used to, I grew up like playing with Lego, so a lot of the frames are actually built. The construction of the frames, without becoming too technical, are inspired by the way you assemble Legos. Uh, become technical. I'm 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 a Lego fan and I love glasses. So how, how do you link the two? So basically, typically historically, um, you know. You had like a front, which is what typically six millimeters, and then the the, the, the temple were four millimeters. When I started designing my line, I thought it was like a little too boring. So I started playing with pieces of uh, acetate, chunk of acetate on my on my desk, and I couldn't help it, like doing what I was doing as a child, like assembling pieces of uh, together. And I went to the factory, starting challenging them because you can layer a little bit, but like. Putting together real chunks of acetate, really like really thick, real blocks of acetate together, is like a little challenging. And we started doing this. Then it became one of the signature of the the brand for for a while. And uh, and today we keep challenging every factories we work with to the way we we mainly do acetate in the collection. Uh, the way we uh, we we carve, the way we like uh, bevel it, the way we like uh, etc. But especially the way we assemble pieces together, like we actually the only ones on the market. Uh, no one's pushes. Let's put it that way. No one pushes it that far, uh, the way we do. I must check your Lego credentials and check how strong your Lego heritage is. If I tread on one of your glasses, is it going to hurt my foot for a day? Because that's a real Lego heritage. No, uh, you know, that's, that's the beauty of. Uh, I, I tend to compare uh, glasses to shoes, actually, because at the end, it's a very technical object, but it's all related to comfort. Like there's no point. I mean, there's no point having beautiful shoes or beautiful glasses if they're, if they're not comfortable. So uh, the notion of comfort is a key. Uh, we have a particular fit. Uh, half frames fit really differently. Not only just when you touch them, because you know, I heard one day someone like uh, look was just touching several frames, like and told me like, you know, I don't know anything about quality because a lot of people do not know anything. But your frames look expensive. They look really. They look real. They're like an incredible quality. Uh, so there's there's that, but at the end, the second part is they need to feel good on the face. Then it'd be very comfortable. Then 
Uh, and we work every season. We, we systematically try to improve the feet to make them more comfortable. And even a lot of our frames are pretty thick and pretty uh, chunky. Uh, but we know how to remove a little bit of, like, to carve the, 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 the front or the temples, make them do whatever it takes without revealing anything to, to make them still comfortable, well-balanced, and uh, remove a, a little bit of uh, material whenever, wherever we can to keep it, like, actually, it, it's a very chunky frame, but it, it, feels, it doesn't feel heavy on the face. One of the things I've learned, I'm in the second year of doing uh, this podcast series, and I've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of, of glasses. And one of the things I've learned is that quality is not subjective. You see quality immediately. Very nicely said. Very nicely said. Uh, it's definitely not subjective. There's such a thing as quality in eyewear. There's a know-how. Um, no, I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's easier, I believe it's easier to... Um, to read the quality, to, to understand the quality of like a framing acetate like we do, than a framing metal. Uh, I do not have like a really, I, I've been playing with acetate my entire life. Uh, I mean, almost, I mean, more than half of it today. So um, I do not have a, like a strong know how in, a, in, a, in metal. So I, I cannot really speak of metal, but for example, I think it's harder to differentiate like a really like high end metal piece than from like a semi, like semi. And I was not even, not, not even going to say like, semi high end but like even like for like a copy or like like a, like a cheap metal piece I think for the perception of the customer it's a little harder for acetate I think once you have it in hand uh, it's such a acetate is such a noble material that actually you can realize really quickly uh, that wow I have something that's like valuable and clearly there's a lot of little finishes you can do that are going to make a difference I'm interested in your use of the word geometry, and I'm going to tie this into the Lego again, because, of course, Lego is, is basically young architecture. We're, we're, we're creating buildings as, as, as Lego lovers. Interesting, uh, interesting uh, remark you're making here, because uh, when I started, I was obsessed with fashion. I was mainly inspired by fashion, whatever the, the shows and everything that's going around it. And the last couple of years, I lost, uh, kind of lost interest in fashion. I started to become uh, obsessed with architecture. Uh, and interior design, it's several like mini architecture. Uh, and big, why? Because it goes back to what I liked and how I like to design. I like the purity of line, a lot of the sharpness of angles. Well, I mean, what is better than that than architecture? Um, so, to me, everything is the frames are really a bit like architectural pieces. Uh, and uh, this is really where I find you know, most of my inspiration today. So. And, of course, architecture is also about function and form and the marriage of both. And also, when you look at a very modern piece of architecture, it's screaming today, and it's also often screaming 1920. Uh, and that's what I see in your glasses as well, that they, they have this really strong modernist, brutalist angle, but also they, they could be 90 so, years old. So the, I no longer use the term I'm going to use now, but like when I launched the collection uh, more than 15 years ago, the, the concept was called uh, futuristic vintage. A lot of people now, I mean, took that, uh, took that path too uh, in general, but there's definitely, uh, uh, I do not like, my person is that I don't look backward. So I don't like anything from the past, but doesn't mean I'm not inspired by the past, but I'm not here to replicate anything from the past. I'm like creating my own present, my own future, but, of course, I've taken inspiration from the past. But I'm not here, like, doing, like, you know, like a lot of brands do, like, replica from the past. Like, this is, like, to make you feel like you are feeling, like, in the 70s. I'm not interested in the, I'm not interested in the past. I'm interested to create, like, a new future, basically. Just a quick final thought. Um, your glasses are worn by, by superstars across the world. You have some incredible names that wear your glasses. 
And I wonder whether that comes from you seeking them out, whether they seek you out, whether you create glasses that you know will attract them, or whether it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B, and, and a little bit of C. So, um, well, this is the, you know, I created a brand, I mean, for until I would say maybe for seven, eight years when I created a brand, we're almost the only like uh, independent alternative to, to big labels. Uh, so they had a moment, literally every single celebrity was just, and this is pre-social media, every single celebrity was just either contacting me directly through people, either just walking in uh, walking in stores, like just buying them. Uh, you know, whatever, Jennifer Lopez, Kate Moss, uh, I mean, um, all these people literally purchase frames. Uh, then I work personally with Rihanna, Lady Gaga, etc. But like a lot, of, a lot of celebrities just were just purchasing frames in stores. Um, today we live in a different world. Today, if you want to have access to celebrities, you need to work with the stylist. Uh, recently, I worked on the I worked with the team from Beyonce, for example. We have like a two frames feature on the uh, a couple of weeks ago on the on our show, and that's that's a lot of fun. Of course, yes. There's a, in the collection you have like different uh, different different. Uh, different level you have some entry levels more accessible for everyone like kind of like a ready to wear and then you do like some pieces that are more like show pieces or like more like I'm going to call it haute couture and obviously those are going to naturally attract the eyes of the right stylist so I'm like and then this is how they, they contact you and then like we work on like bigger celebrities because you know celebrities want something that stands out so that's I don't I would say I do not seek anything but there's Naturally, because it's a very artistic uh, collection, at the end, obviously, all the eyes are on us, and we just attract the, the right people, like, we're going to work with the over right people, and hopefully we get the right celebrities working the brand. So let me finish with a really unfair question. Do you get more pleasure out of seeing Beyoncé wearing your glasses in front of 80,000 people, for example, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, or if Humble Me walks off your stand with a pair of glasses that actually just look really cool? Listen, I'm not going to lie. Beyonce was excited. I mean, I, I, I stopped being excited by celebrities in general. Beyonce is definitely a different level. Um, you know, we, and we get literally like every week we get different celebrities, but Beyonce is a different level. Uh, however, the real purpose of everything I do here and also the way we price everything because we want to remain like not like out of reach financially. So it's really about like walking down the streets of New York of Paris of like Rome or wherever and running into people who wear the glasses sitting in the plane seeing people wearing the glasses that's the ultimate pleasure I, I'm, I don't do this for myself I don't do this just to to see oh what a beautiful work of art you want people to you know and, and not just like Beyonce you want regular people uh, I wish to say almost random people uh, who feel like uh, you know like they're styling themselves like with the glasses and they feel like they're, they become different people than whoever changes the personality because that's the beauty of glasses it can change who you are you know like I, I just saw someone today which just said she she did like a, a pair she erected a, a, a pair like two days ago she felt she, she called herself the new me, the new me you know she's a new person suddenly she has like she feels she told me she has way more insurance she feels way more confidence so that that's fun Although, note to self, not as cool as Beyonce. I shall leave this stand knowing that has finally been confirmed after all these years. Thierry, really, really lovely to touch you. Pleasure of talking with you. And from one designer who infuses his frames with a playful spirit of childhood to a Silmo door-winning range of children's glasses with a real spirit of comics. Christina Navarro is on the product team at Etnia Barcelona. She handed me one of these frames, the Babang. She told me about the origins of the range. 
this uh, frame is uh, inspired in the cartoon for kids. So that's why the name, like Babang. So this is because, like the, the the names that you can see in the comics, like Bang Boom, because in this collection, of course, we have uh, different frames. But this is the the origin of of the name. Fun frames, fun designs, but also very, very environmentally sound. Yeah, uh, in Etnia Barcelona, we work with uh, really good materials. Quality is one of our values. So we are working with this kind of acetate from Matsukeli, and they are really resistant because they are also for kids. So that's why well, they need to be comfortable and, of course, resistant. Yeah. Of course, the challenge with children's frames, well, firstly, you have to make them wearable. It's quite hard to persuade children to wear their glasses. What is it you think about this design that will make it appealing to an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old? Yeah, of course. And uh, for Etnia, uh, in all of our collections, we we think that uh, uh, we want to think of a frame as something just to show your personality and your style. So that's why uh, we are really concerned in the design. So we try to make like uh, cool designs with fancy colors, so that in, in this case, kids want to wear glasses. You know, so that that's why uh, in the team design, they are all focused on this this thing. So. And- and of course the second challenge is they need to be very very hard to break but equally very easy to repair it's not always very easy to mix those two elements is it? Uh, yeah it's not easy but we are trying in fact uh, one of our characteristics in Etnia is the comfortability uh, our product design they are um, really uh, uh, experts in uh, uh, in the fashion in, in the physiognomy of people so that's why they know especially how to make them comfortable in in the bridge, in the temples, and of course the design and the hinge that we are using is really, really resistant. How easy is it for me to break this? Because I'm, I'm pretty strong, I, uh, I'm, I'm also very clumsy, I've been known to sit <laughs> on things or tread on them. How, how resistant is it? It's really, really resistant. In fact it's, it has a really uh, wide range, uh, these flags, but in the case you sit on them or maybe you step on them and of course maybe they can be broken, it's going uh, to take just two minutes to to change it you don't have to to ask for a new temple in this case it's just to change the inner uh, um, part of the of the temple and it will be like two minutes just to to change it so no worries how much of Barcelona do you bring into your glasses because Barcelona is this incredible melting pot of culture and color and passion and music how much of that comes in to the work you do at Etnia uh, Barcelona is our surname, you know, we are Etnia Barcelona, so it's our main uh, way of inspiration, uh, this uh, Mediterranean culture, uh, the way Barcelona is, you know, it's a really city that moves really fast and is our main, uh, so I think in, in in each and every frame in Etnia Barcelona, you're going to find a piece of Barcelona in it. And so, tell me what that piece is, what, what are we going to find? You're going to find uh, modernity, um, you're going to find color, you're going to find, I mean, every Everything that Barcelona uh, inspires, you know, um, it's our city. We're really proud of it, and and of course, uh, as I was saying, it's our surname. So Barcelona is inside of us, and and it's in in every single piece. This kind of art, this kind of culture, you know, everything is in in our collections. What does it mean to you to to win this Silmodor? 
oh, it means a lot. We are really happy, all the team, all the company. I think that to win this prize is, is like the prize for the effort of all these 22 years or more than 22 years that, that Enya uh, has. So it's a really, really, we're really proud and we are really happy. It's, it's really amazing. And for yeah. more information about this range, where do we find it? Okay, so you are going to find a lot of information. Our website is uh, etniabarcelona.com. So there you can find uh, everything about Etnia, our DNA, our collection and, and everything. So welcome. And also in the social media. So you can find us on Instagram as uh, at Etnia Barcelona. Christina, lovely to meet you. Hey, oh, it's a pleasure too. Thank you so much. Sometimes when I go around Silmo, I just fall in love with a frame. And this is what happened when I saw Veronica Wildgruber's Silmo door winning frame, a frame which uses discrete 1950s Cote d'Azur cinematic glamour. It has something very glamorous, and I think the colour and the tinted lenses just gives this feeling of like yeah, relaxing at the, at the sunset and uh, enjoying yourself, I guess. Do you know what I love about it? Um, obviously, a lot of frames here at Silmo stand out really strongly. They stand out either for bold colours or for thick frames. You, you can't miss them, and in many ways, I love them. I'm wearing a pair myself today. This is the most elegant, dainty, delicate but strong frame. Uh, for me, it's a really confident frame in its subtleness. Uh, thank you. That was well well said. Um... Well, that's, I think, what I'm aiming for. But I would like to underline as well that I think the whole frame has something very special to it. So it's not only, like, the shape and the colour that makes it uh, special. It's basically the bridge that turns... Uh, that's got twisted. It turns behind on the other side. And um, it's a bit like a shape which uh, looks like an in in indefinite sign. And uh, in terms of geometry, it's kind of an impossible ge geometry. So it was the challenge to do something so impossible, and it is quite a challenge uh, in production. And it took me two years to develop, two years to develop this um, idea. And I'm very happy that I came to this result. So it's not only a shape which is very feminine and cat eye and sophisticated. It is as well technically very interesting and different to maybe what you can find on the market. And I think that's my challenge that's what I want to do it's almost a never-ending frame the, the infinite loop the, the phrase that, that comes to mind there as well um, it, it never stops because it goes from it's almost like a, a very gentle very very gentle roller coaster it goes from right to left and down and then back up again and then back across it, it really is it really is uh, a continuous unit exactly that's what I wanted to do and um, what I think do with other frames in my collection but never like this and um, yeah, I think I wanted to create this twist, and it's actually a twist, literally. This is the difficult bit for me when uh, doing an audio podcast, because now I'm going to talk about colour, and uh, it's much easier if we have a camera here. But when you gave me this frame, I thought they were a very soft pink initially. Now that I'm holding it here in a different light, I'm wondering if it's a slightly off-white. And as I move it again, I wonder whether it's got a really soft pastel side as well. Um, am I not the first to struggle to describe this beautiful colour? Well, I have to admit that we even had problems to name it because you have to give a, a, a colour name to the frame and we were uh, yeah, between rose, um, eggshell and then finally called porcelain. It has a slightly pinkish note for being porcelain but there was no... We couldn't imagine any other name which uh, describes it. It is kind of... it is. Too, I think it's too rose for be off white. 
It's not rose enough for being pink. It's not Barbie. So it's not Barbie at all. So and it has a little bit something of a little bit of peach in it as well. But basically, it's a very light rose porcelain. For me, the person wearing these glasses is a confident person. For me, this is someone who doesn't need to make a loud statement, but is really confident in how they dress, how they look, and they know that it's a gorgeous, gorgeous pair of glasses. That's that's true. I agree. I think it's as well because it's very thin. It's like a, a, this metal line, so it's not a chunky piece of eyewear where somebody maybe wants to hide something or show off. Uh, like so, it's something more delicate, but definitely something that will be seen. So I think it's a good description you made there. And a phrase that I used uh, when I interviewed uh, Thierry Lazry earlier on in the in the, uh, in the trade fair, and I said quality is not subjective quality is is a fact and when i look at this frame uh, and i look at how it would look on a face there is nothing subjective about this being a really 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 beautiful piece of workmanship well thank you i mean this is um it's nice to hear because i mean we try to make only best quality but um of course we appreciate if it's perceived as well i love it honestly it's absolutely gorgeous so veronica to find out more about your brand we do say where uh, you can check out the website, so it's veronicavildkova.com, uh, Instagram, and um, yeah, I mean, the name, there's not so many other Veronica Wildkrober, so you will find some information. Is that the case? Yes. <laughs> Congratulations on your Silmodor, very, very deserved. Thank you so much. Lots of Silmodor winners in this episode, and now let's hear from a brand who won not one, but two awards. Guillaume Kessus is the managing director of Seaport ODLM. It's a real pleasure to, uh, to be awarded those, uh, those awards and uh, in fact uh, it's quite amazing. Uh, I believe it might be the first time that uh, the same brand got uh, an award for the best, being the best brand for optics, RX and for sunglasses uh, and it happened for Carven so we are super happy, super proud. When I look at these uh, two glasses here, they are 100% Carven because Carven historically is all about uh, lightness and, and, and freshness and, and finesse as well and it's got that timeless feel for me Calvin is all about it may be the 1950s but you can wear it in 2023 and I think that's what you've tried to achieve with two frames here which are on the one hand bold but on the other hand very refined you're absolutely right. Uh, we, uh, we took uh, what made the DNA of the brand, uh, which is uh, a, a, a quite a, an old brand with a very, very rich history. And uh, we, we made it so with, uh, together with the band so that it's super modern and adapted to, uh, to the needs of the current market. And, uh, and we also uh, uh, kept our specialty with Carven, which is to have uh, combined frames, which means um, a metal nose and then uh, rims, uh, which are made in acetate and uh, we are super happy to, to have won this uh, for the optics and for, uh, for also the sunglasses. Certainly the, the sunglasses are an extremely bold pair. Uh, strong black, strong green. It's a confident pair of glasses. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, on the one hand, we've got uh, a superb uh, RX frame, uh, which is quite light, uh, combine uh, the core of the brand. And on the other hand, we've got this massive uh, acetate frame uh, for the sunglasses, uh, which combine two different kinds of acetate. That's uh, a lot of work in order to find the best combination possible. And also, there's the work of the temple, uh, where you can find the calisson, uh, which uh, the brand has always used since the since its beginning so it's always very important for us to combine the heritage of the brand and also the current needs of, uh, of the best trend of the market and when you look at these products which are of course uh, representing 
brands. They are the fruit of many months, many hours, many years of hard work and above all, close partnership because you're representing the brand. You mentioned the DNA. You're having to bring forward that DNA in your own style while at the same time being instantly recognizable. It's a, it's a work of trust between you and the brand, isn't it? Yeah, you're completely right. Um, we always say that uh, we are a company that's focused on details and uh, in order to create a, a beautiful uh, collection uh, you need to be super close to understand the brand uh, they are partners we, the DNA of the company has always been to have a few brands as partners but each of them long term and each of them super successful so uh, we work directly with the owners of each brand uh, we, they are product people that's the only way for, we, we, we are approached every year uh, uh, by brands, but uh, we only work uh, with uh, with people that are, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, CEOs of companies, founders, but that are really uh, passionate about uh, quality and products. Uh, and that's why we will always focus in uh, bringing to the market high-end products and not uh, uh, we are not a company price-oriented. But uh, we always trying to, to find uh, beauty and uh, also uh, comfort because uh, the company was created by an optician and about 20% of the company uh, is, uh, is composed of uh, optician. Congratulations on your double. Have a good day. Time to look at some glasses accessories. Coty makes striking standout glasses chains looking to break the mould of their slightly old-fashioned reputation. Nancy Dries is the creator, a face which you might well have seen before. You might have seen us on the BBC a few years ago. Yes, we took our story on the Dragon's Den programme and we successfully pitched our story and gained backing from Deborah Meaden. Now, if you're in the UK, of course, you'll know Dragon's Den. Um, If you're not in the UK, you probably have a version of it where you are. It's where companies like yours, Nancy, go and stand in front of five very wealthy entrepreneurs and investors. And you say, look, this is what I do. I will give you a certain percentage of my company if you invest. It's amazing television. Does it work? It does work. Um, It was the most mortifying thing we've ever done. Uh, So we're very proud that we actually got as far as we did. And yes, it does work. I think for two main reasons. Um, Obviously, the publicity um, is fantastic because you're you're being viewed by uh, the general general public. So for sure, we saw a lot of brand awareness from doing the show. Um, But also, to get as far as we did, you had to do a lot of due diligence. So a lot of work went behind the scenes as a business, making sure that all of our our documents and our legal elements and all the registrations were all in place. So it also meant that we've, you know, done our our due diligence and our hard work. Talking of due diligence, uh, the investors don't always come through. So in the TV show, they say we'll invest and then afterwards they pull out. Did Deborah really come on board? Actually, no. Um, You're right that very often it does happen. Um, But unfortunately, also the timing was not in our favor because we went uh, on, we aired in 2021. Um, We actually had to film a couple of times because of lockdown. And we, but but Deborah actually was very involved. Um, We spoke to her very often. She helped us to get advice also through the Brexit uh, point of view. But we, we never finalized the deal just because of the the strange times we were in at that particular moment. But we left the door open. So the product itself, why did you take it to Dragon's Den? What is unique about these glasses chains? Well, Julie and I reached an age where we needed to extend our arms 
further and further forward to read small print. Um, and working in the optical industry, both of us, we found that there was very little choice out there. What were you doing? Uh, we were both running optical companies, um, but, but on the frame side, frame development side. And we just found there was little choice. Um, we're living longer. We have more dependency on reading small print. And... Um, Therefore, we kind of set ourselves thinking, well, what would I wear? Uh, what would I feel comfortable with? And therefore, we incorporated our reading glass element with a glasses chain. So you lift, literally lift it when needed to read small print. In terms of the design, though, and in terms of the recyclability, that's at the core of your product, isn't it? Yes, and unfortunately, that part didn't get explained in the Dragon's Den, what was actually featured on TV, but it was a big part, and actually why Deborah got behind us. Because she's so environmentally minded. Exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, they couldn't show everything. But, uh, yes, um, we focus very much on our recyclable story, um, and our Omori Italia collection, all of that is recycled um, from the... um, we work with a factory in northern Italy, factories that recycle offcuts from the process of making fashion elements like buttons, handbags, and we take the offcuts of that and we grind it down and then we make our chains from that. So it's purely recycled, purely handmade, and no two chains are ever the same. These chains are a big statements. They're bold, they're colourful, they're chunky, they're clunky. It's interesting that you mentioned there that perhaps you were aiming it at, perhaps you were aiming it at, a, at a clientele in their later years who, who want to just have their glasses around their neck and just use them for close-up. Without falling into stereotypes, these seem very bold for that age group. Have you found that and have you found a way to get over that? Actually, um, that's what we're all about. We're all about the colour and we want it to be different. Um, you know, we... we Everybody, is, as they're aging, want to look younger. Um, colour is a big part of our story. Some of us look younger as we age anyway. Exactly, exactly. No doubt, no doubt. Um, and we're proud of getting old. We want to grow old gracefully, right? So we're all about being pro-age and we're about bringing colour. So we want to give women encouragement particularly to be bold and to wear colour and to uh, make them feel happy. So yes, we do offer the standard shapes and the standard colours, but uh, what makes us really happy is to tell our story and offer this whole palette of beautiful shades that you see here. Because glasses chains notoriously speak of aging of being at a certain time in your life um, being that you know kindly grandma with her glasses around her neck you're trying to buck that image aren't you that's exactly the stereotype that we have put our mindset to changing that stereotype of a granny chain which is a simple cord in black that was worn around the neck and that is exactly the stereotype that we've set up to to abolish um, so we have to be all about colour um, and most of our, our, our glasses chains also make a very beautiful statement necklace piece so again it's bringing all that, that colour into, into a fashionable item Do they need to be married to a very simple classic frame because they are very bold they are very loud? No, you can mix and match them absolutely and our reading glass element can be incorporated with any of the chains so you can wear them as a traditional glasses chain as a standalone necklace or you can have the reading glass element so that you have that on your your neck at all times it's all about growing old disgracefully isn't it (laughs) gracefully (laughs) let's finish this episode with a little detour via the startup village a vibrant space where new brands get the chance to show their wares to the optical community hi i'm danielle ratray and we are showing in the startup village you launched your business three years ago? 
Yes, we launched in 2020, which wasn't a great year, but we didn't know any better. Um, so the first couple of years was really difficult getting in front of the industry. So we're happy to be um, getting more visibility. It's our first Silmo. With a very broad Scottish brogue, sunglasses. Explain to me sunglasses by a Scottish brand in a country where, let's be honest, you don't get a lot of sunshine. Well, actually, I'm from Stonehaven, and actually it's one of the sunniest places in the UK, apparently. I stand corrected. <laughs> and actually the light's really nice for testing lenses, so I think it's actually quite a nice place to be from. One of the things I noticed about your frames is that they're quite petite. They're, they're very bold in terms of uh, in terms of their look, but they're quite petite. Is there a particular angle there for you in terms of designing really strong, bold frames, perhaps for a, a smaller face? Yes, I felt there was a bit of a gap that if you have a small face and looking for something bold, it wasn't really there without it being too big for your face and looking a bit novelty, so I wanted to answer that brief. Some of the colours, some of the frames, they're quite punky, for, for want of a better word. Yes, well, in my design process, I'm always fully immersed in music, and that's a really strong inspiration to me. So I feel that kind of rock and roll punk twist comes through in the design language. Yeah, they've just got, you know, a bit of edge to them, and the colours are bold, and um, it's a lot of red and black, and it's really, yeah, it's a bit rock and roll. Scary to get out there for the first time here at Silmo? It is scary, but I've got a lot of friends here, so feel very welcome. That's a wrap for the English episodes from Silmo 2023. It's been great to be part of this year's event and I really hope these episodes have given you a clear sense of how vibrant this year's event has been. As always, I've been taken by the sheer warmth, expertise and passion of all the participants. The Right Optics now has well over 20 episodes. Do listen back to some of the previous ones. Fascinating discussions with great people from your industry. And if you get the chance, please do leave a review as it really helps to get the word out there. From Silmo in Paris, from me, Nick Coffer and all the Silmo family. It's goodbye for now and I hope to speak to you very soon.